What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 19 of Trinity Music, a hip-hop podcast. I am your host, Jordan, and I am joined by my co-host, Christian. For those new to Trinity Music, we are a weekly podcast which discusses the newest in hip-hop and rap music with episodes dropping every Wednesday. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trinity Music Pod. And if you have questions, comments, or concerns you want to air to the podcast, you can email us at trinitymusicpod at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our YouTube channel where we've started putting out exclusive content like our review of El Camino and 38 Special's Sacred Psalms and other reviews of some albums that we just don't have time to get to on the podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to start off with our side A discussion of the legacy of mixtape Wheezy, including our review of No Ceilings 3. Then our side B discussion will be a review of the deluxe release of Amine's Limbo. We'll also get into some singles from Freddie Gibbs, Lil Baby, and DJ Scheme in the lightning round. So now let's get into this episode. Christian, a little over a week ago, Lil Wayne dropped No Ceilings 3 in a while. I feel like it mostly came and went without much of a fuss. I figured it was a good opportunity to have a real nice discussion on the legacy of Mixtape Wayne or Mixtape Wheezy, however you want to define him. But before we go big picture, I think we should have a brief review of No Ceilings 3 because that's why we're talking about this. So, Christian, what did you think of the mixtape? It's hard to say whether I liked it because I recognized so many of the beats and, you know, who the original artist was in the first place. I guess it's just nostalgia speaking when I'm hearing Wayne. But don't get me wrong. Obviously, this is what I was expecting to get from a mixtape. But frankly, I think I choose the original songs over what Wayne did. Now, this is just because a lot of them that I noticed coming from Drake just did not fit the part. I, I, I couldn't portray Wayne's voice over the Drake track. It was just it was sleazy. It was it was it was like malnourished. It wasn't something I wanted. <laughs> I could I couldn't take it. But. There was a time where I did enjoy hearing remixes and then you got DJ drama screaming in the background. It's a classic feel. But now, even if I hear a Drake beat or a Pop Smoke beat or, you know, anything corresponding to a artist today, I'd rather have that corresponding artist over Wheezy. No offense, of course, because, you know, I've been overloaded with autotune and deluxe albums lately and No Ceilings 3 kind of feels like this concoction of multiple albums that just, you know, here i'm opening up the oven this is what you got that's it that's all and just as a side note khaled can calm down with the hype because it's just <laughs> it's just freaking annoying yeah well i i sent you my my notes on dj khaled earlier on the weekend oh, yeah. and uh i believe if my what i sent to you was in all caps dj khaled is balls so i mean he's somehow more useless than normal on this mixtape also he's cursing really intensely which I feel like, I don't know, he, since he became like the Snapchat brand DJ, I feel like he's like become a lot more PG recently. So that was a little weird. I did like the point you made there about you prefer choosing the original songs over the Wayne remixes. We're going to put a pit in that for now because we're definitely going to come back. I want to come back to that when we talk about his earlier mixtapes. Mm -hmm. Specifically now about No Ceilings 3, I do find there are moments where he is able to reach back and is genuinely as captivating as he was a decade ago, but those moments are far between. The first three songs, I think, are absolutely the highlight of the mixtape. So it says V8, Lamar, and the BB King freestyle with Drake, which is the only original song on the entire album. At least that's what I believe it to be the case. And then, so you know, he just has these great moments where it feels like it, he, it was when it was 2005 and 2006. So on V8, lines like, you know, dead bodies on top of each other. Looks like they're 69ing each other. <laughs> Obviously, a reference to Takashi. And then on Lamar, where he says, where are the keys? I'm like, Beethoven. Like, this is 
the type of little Wayne, little zingers here and there, and like they're loaded with it. And I think Lamar, part of that has to be the takeover beat. The fact that it even took me like a good 45 seconds to be like, oh, wait, this is Jay-Z's takeover. Like this is, you know, on a 2020 mixtape to be reaching back to a 2001 song. I was like, oh, it's really cool. It's a really nice throwback there. And, you know, again, specifically on Lamar where he says, I made a way to the rockiest roads and highway patrol, full speed ahead, clean the bread from the sloppiest shows. I got in the hot and the cold, the mud and the rain. I stomached the pain, got more bloods than the blood in my veins. So like he has these moments where his flow, it's just he recaptures that energy he had, once had. But like I mentioned, the mixtape does really fall off after that and just becomes, like you mentioned, it's like I would rather hear like laugh now, cry later rather than what he does. And I do think he weirdly, it's he's at his worst when it's, we get to those types of songs where he overly relies on the original song's rhythms. It's like he's just singing along and forgot the words. So he's just kind of, or like, it's like, this might be like a weird callback, but it's like he's doing a non-X-rated imitation of what Ken Kniff used to do on the Eminem albums, where he would just change the words and pretend it was his own. So I thought those were the weaker moments on the album, weirdly, on like the most popular modern tracks, like even the Dior remix, I didn't super like. And then one more, I guess, overall note there. He did have his kids featured on it, I think three of his kids were featured on some of the tracks here. And it wasn't as well done as what T.I. did on the Libra in October where he had his kids either produce or do a spoken word. I think his daughter did a spoken word outro and he had his one of his sons featured and rapping. This one was not as good because honestly, it's pretty cringeworthy, some of the bars we get. And I'm not here. That's, like, I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to like talk down on it. Like, it's cool you had your kids on the song, but... It just, it got me some like dedication three vibes where the features on the mixtape were so bad and drowning in auto tune. Like you mentioned that it just became like, I keep those first three songs and that's about it. Can I openly admit that Comme de Garçon is the one beat that I didn't want to hear Wayne rap over because Pop Smoke did such a good job on Dior that I almost find it insulting to get Wayne on this track and i don't mean that in a condescending way or just to downplay him it's just man this is a good song and i find that wayne kind of took away from that no 100 percent. again on these more popular beats he just falls short of reaching the level that some of these songs hit and i guess maybe we can start transitioning now to like much earlier mixtape wayne back in the day when he would to continue on that point when he would rap over the more popular beats he would meet it and make it either just as good or better. And then he would take much lesser known songs and elevate the crap out of them. So when we're talking about you know, the era of mixtape Wayne, this is probably 05, 06, 07, probably right after the release of Carter 2, when he goes on this crazy run from the dedication to dedication 2, to drought 3, then the leak, and then we get Carter 3. Then we kind of have to admit dedication 3 happened, and then we get no ceilings. So that entire run, it's about little over four years i think it's wild again other than dedication three he hits every single one of those projects out of the park and from a mixtape standpoint i do think dedication two and drought three are the it's his legacy in terms of mixtapes when you say hey did you ever listen to a lil wayne mixtape they're talking about dedication or drought three dedication two or drought three i should say so christian maybe not to put you on the spot here but which one is better for you, Drought 3 or Dedication 2? This one's a really tough one because they're considerably really old mixtapes. 
but they are the most recognized ones like you had mentioned or at least the ones that got the most media attention creating this you know phenomenon of <laughs> i guess mixtape wayne right so out of the two I guess I'm going to lean towards the drought, but only because of the sorted length and the fact that I get some mixes that I recognize more often and just Wayne's general construction on the song, how he flows with th certain tracks and makes them sort of belong. And what I mean, what I mean by this is just not aimlessly dropping bars, but accomp accompanying the beat like he was in the studio developing it himself. So there's just in my eyes, I'm not saying it's, it's facts. It's just, just what I've, you know, grabbed from listening to uh, that mixtape in particular it's funny you mentioned the length of the album because drought three is longer than dedication two it's like an hour and 40 minutes whereas uh, dedication two is i think maybe an hour and 15 an hour and 20 but i agree with you i do give a very slight edge to drought three you know i think dedication two has a little bit more cachet considering it is a part of an ongoing series i think we've already gone we're at dedication six now we're hoping for dedication seven next year and then it came right after the first two came right after Carter two, which was when Wayne really started exploding after fireman blew up. And then with, you know, drought three, it's, it's not a series that's continued, but again, I will say what he does on these songs was he created some memorable moments on the beats that people already knew, you know, whether it's the, I love it from young Jeezy or TI's, I think it's front back or King back. It's one of the back ones he recreates those songs and meets the energy that the original artist has. But the really crazy thing he does is he makes songs that are relatively unknown and just, he makes them so memorable to the point where I don't remember who the original artist was on some of these songs. They've become part of Lil Wayne. When you hear the beat to King Kong, when you hear the beat to back on my Grizzy, like those are Lil Wayne songs now in most people's heads because they just associate it with him because he made a better version of that song. And then in his performance on it, like Back on My Grizzly, the way he rides the horns towards the end of the song, to me at least it's an iconic moment in mixtape history. Because there's just, again, the, the original song itself, I haven't heard it for years. But when I think of that beat, I just think of how Lil Wayne goes, you know, outros the track and just rides it so well and elegantly. Like it was easy, like it was nothing to him. And again, and then with the King Kong song, like, do you even know, like, Christian, do you know who made the King Kong track? I don't recall, actually. Me neither. And it doesn't matter because it's now a Little Wayne song because we will associate. And these aren't, these are probably the two better examples. I'm sure there are other ones, whether it's on Dedication 2 or Drought 3, that you now just associate like, oh, yeah, that's that's the Little Wayne song. That's where I know it from. I'm genuinely curious who made the song. <laughs> I, I'm going to say something, though. Um. I'll argue that Dedication 2 would have possibly taken the throne just because had there been less short clips, interludes, or just the random babbling at the beginning and the end of the tracks, obviously because it's a mixtape, we often get that kind of stuff. I think it would have sort of taken over just because it does get annoying to get that consistent, you know, random hype that you would get off these mixtapes, which is, you know, it's a given. But still, I felt that the drought didn't do that nearly as much. I was just getting straight into the songs most of the time. All right. So I did, just did some on-air research here. It turns out that Jibs made the King Kong track and it featured Chameleon Air. So Jibs, of course, is known for the Chain Hang Low song, which I know we were all bumping back in 2006. <laughs> right. Anyways, a couple more points here I just want to mention. I forgot that Nicki Minaj was featured on Drought 3. So it was kind of a weird throwback to hear her on... Uh, 2007 Nicki Minaj on Drought 3. 
And then also there were so many currency features on dedication too. I had completely forgotten that currency was part of, you know, cash money, young money at one point and that he was, you know, Wayne even brings it up at one point. I forget on which one of the outros. I think it's on the dedication three outro where he mentions, you know, like the currency album is coming up and I have no idea if that album ever actually happened, but just these like throwbacks like, Oh yeah, Lil Wayne was like rocking with currency at one point and, you know, trying to, and he, Wayne's done this with all his mixtapes, whether it's been Gutta Gutta or Mac Main or Euro. He never really had to do it with Drake. And after this feature here with Nicki Minaj, he never really had to do it again with her. I know she features on Dedication 3, but it's her entire song and that's from her own mixtape. Story for another day. There's just, yeah, I will say Wayne's always used his own platform from his mixtapes, including on this legendary run here where he was able to prop up his own artist, which I thought was, it's always a cool thing here. He didn't, he just wanted, like, if someone was in the studio, they could just hop in on the song and it was perfect. Okay, this all this talk about mixtapes. Let's move on for a second here and tell me, which one is your favorite? Oh, boy. Okay. Um, just one. Like, if you all, if you had the choice where you could not listen to any other mixtape, but you could listen to this one right this instant. Yeah. I will say, I do love Drought 3. The second disc on Drought 3 is just incredible. I find, again, I love it. Back on my Grizzy, King Kong, they're incredible. But... I would have to go with No Ceilings. The original one, not that crappy one that's on Spotify. From the opening, Swag Surfing and Ice Cream Paint Job, it's just some like crazy eight, nine minutes there to get you going. And then there's the DOA remix. There's the Run This Town remix. And then there's even the... There's actually another Nicki Minaj feature at the end of this one on the Beyonce track. I just... He's so wacky on that one. He also does the weird Black Eyed Peas remix at one point. I love that one. It's weird. It's at that point, it was like Wayne was doing a victory lap, right? Because that's a year after we get Carter three. At that point, he's like, you know, he's king of the world. He's the, you know, the <laughs> best rapper alive. It wasn't like so much as like this underground thing. It was like, oh yeah, by the way, I still do these mixtapes. And again, Dedication three, which comes out between Carter three and No Ceilings, honestly, was a disappointment. So him just coming back and being like, boom, here you go. No Ceilings. It was just, I love that album. What about you? Which one, uh, so which mixtape would you rock with? So you were talking about like Crazy Wild Wayne in a sense, right? Well, I got that, and this is weird, but I got that from Dedication 4. And I really, really like Dedication 4 because there are so many, I guess you could say lyrically, like some of the things he says just blow blow my mind. They're so funny. I mean, you got uh, (laughs) uh, six packs, six bullets, give you six stomachs. Uh, something about Wheezy over a Ross and Future Beat, just it's exciting. And it's a cheeky mixtape, really is. Lyrically, I don't even think you have to get all fussy about it because honestly, it's an album that I could just play loud in my car and enjoy it. And I, I just, I like so many of the songs because yeah, they're different artists, I guess you could say more trap-oriented music and I, and I enjoy that quite a bit. But I couldn't care less about what he's necessarily rapping for. And if I wanted something de- deep or, or something like just, you know, lyrically inclined, then I would go back and listen to the Carters. But he's just having a good time. And and for example, off my favorite song would be uh, No Worries. <laughs> he's got just bars, all these bitches taking a shit. I'm taking them up shit creek. <laughs> and, and just it just doesn't stop there. Take your clothes off. Let me see that Donkey Kong. What does that even mean? It's, yeah it's just insane some of the stuff that he says is just so exciting and funny and i just i love this version of, of wayne just no no you know no filter just go for it yeah dedication four is great i also love dedication five that one's great it has the thing has the bugatti remixes on there and i think there's the new slaves the kanye track it's also on there and then quick shout out to sorry for the wait 
particularly the Rolling in the Deep Adele remix. I'm pretty sure it's the title track. So if you're looking for it, I'm pretty sure it's called Sorry for the Wait, that actual song. He has one of my favorite Wayne bars ever where he says, I sat in front of the clock because I'm ahead of the time. It just It's such a damn little Wayne line. You're like, God damn, like that's just so smooth. And I think it's also like he just rides the drum beat so well as the hook starts. And he doesn't often rap over non-rap beats. I know he did the Gnarls Barkley crazy on Drought 3, but it's just a moment of flawless execution there. Again, just listen to that track and the way he rides the beat. Again, it's it's one of the more memorable songs of the past decade. It's a non-rap song, but the way Lil Wayne just elevates as the beat elevates, it's just such a, a thing of beauty. Okay, so now we just want to maybe wrap up this section here. And I think we both have something we want to get off our chest. Something that's very serious and that we wouldn't be doing an honest job if we weren't talking truthfully about it. And that is, come on, Dad Piff. I mean, I will say the ads on the website are just brutally bad. I'm in the middle of listening to Dedication 2 on a website called Dat Piff. And then I get a 15-second ad on Panache's. I'm sorry, man. Like, get the f*** out of here. What does that even have to do with it? Like, do some type of market research on the people listening to your... I'm listening to a 14-year-old mixtape. Don't even get me started on just using an ad blocker while you're trying to listen to it. And the fact is, it won't play the ad because it's blocked and you have to reset whatever window you're using just so you can go back to the same song and listen to it again. Listen to three songs in a row and get the same ad and reset the window... I mean, seriously, dude, this is a 21st century. Just like run the ads in a window on the side. I don't know. I, you don't need to stop the music. Yeah, it's bad. I will say the, the mobile app is not terrible. I'm pretty sure you get to circumvent all the ads, but you have to like create an account or something to download the music and listen to it offline, which if you're in the car is a bit of a pain to listen to all this stuff and stream it. It becomes a chore, honestly. Yeah. All right, so that's our... We we had to obviously finish with a little complaint about that Piff because any time we talk about mixtapes, while they are the source for mixtapes, and we do certainly appreciate that, we would, I think, like them maybe updating their shit. All right, so now before we flip over to the B-side, let's dive into our lightning round. we got three tracks to talk about today. First, let's start off with Freddie Gibbs' Tell Me Freestyle. Christian, what do you think of the song? This one's a winner, man. It is straight to the playlist because this track makes me think so much about the times of uh, the ESGN album where his rap was on a whole new level. And this is the best of the best, honestly. Just a great artist spitting over a badass track. Honestly, I don't even know what I can say other than Gibbs' evolution as a rapper has just been nothing but a fantastic progression. 100%. I think a sped up Gibbs is still something special to hear. And I really liked how he brought in some melodies for brief moments during the song. I know it's like barely two minutes or it's not even two minutes, but just having little brief moments where he switches up his flow, it kind of keeps you on your toes, which I think in turn increases its replay value, even though it's just hiding on YouTube right now, the song. So in that sense, I loved it. I love the ending where he mentions that he can't move on and that's why he raps about the past. And then lines like, sign my publishing. I copped the nine piece with my advance. That's such a Freddie Gibbs line. It's not even funny. And then one other line I really like, and this was apparently, this song was recorded in London after Freddie found out he was nominated for the Grammys. And now we're going to maybe dive too deep into the lyrics here. But Christian, when he says, he sends it multiple times, you know, hit the gram before the hashtag. Yeah, actually. I'm pretty, 
I'm pretty sure he's talking about Instagram, but is there a chance he's because there's another moment I don't have that one written in front of me, but basically saying like it's not all about the gram. Um, is he also maybe talking about the Grammys there, or is it? Do you think it's just purely Instagram, which everyone should follow Freddie on Instagram? He's like the funniest guy in the world. I'm not entirely sure, honestly. Uh, I'd probably say it has to do with the Grammys since he he, I don't know what was he invited to the award nominations and everything because it would make sense if he made this song right out of his hotel room which is what he states mm-hmm. too yeah i think so it's definitely stemming from him finding out that alfredo got nominated for best rap album so again i'm just i'm wondering here it, it's almost definitely the instagram thing but it's just i the way he said it a few different times and i think it's really the first time he says it i'm like oh wait a minute is he talking about like gram like grammys or Anyways, yes, save to the playlist, even though you can't really save this to the playlist because it's on YouTube, but maybe they'll figure that out eventually. Oh, just one more thing. Crazy bar. Lawyer took my money. Devil's advocate, my advance. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Nice. Speaking of something you probably loved, what'd you think of the little babies track? On me. No. No. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, listen, I'm sorry. Like, just, just Can we just point out that this reflection of... Oh my God, we we understand what a lavish lifestyle is. It has been depicted in every single rap album in existence. Please give us something new to go with. Moving on. Okay, so I'll I'll give him some leniency here. This track was released on his birthday along with the Airbody single, which we reviewed on YouTube. Go and check that out. So if it's a song released on his birthday, it's okay if it's just about him having a good time. I think it's a really catchy hook, and that's why it's going to be relegated to car music for me. That said, you know, this, I mean, this song is just a microcosm of how I feel about Lil Baby. He doesn't switch up his delivery and his flow that much. And I said this about the Everybody song. Again, it's on YouTube. His tone rarely changes, and the beat's usually flooded with 808s. So it just gets really repetitive, and about like two minutes and 30 seconds into it, you're like, ugh, it's enough. So that's what I'll say about that. I'd wear near as negative if you on this song but i think baby just wanted to release a song on his birthday what the hell why not get a song in before the year ends and another song we wanted to get to this is the last one for the lightning round here and it's a little bit more under the radar and it's not officially a single but dj scheme released his album second song on the album features it's basically an entire joey badass song so i will say aside from those two static selecta songs and now with this song here being like hey just take this hopefully we'll do you guys over for a month or two and you know if this is what we're gonna get on joey's upcoming album along with maybe what we got off of the light ep then that's something i think we should all be really excited about for what we get on joey's forthcoming album so for our b-side we are going to be discussing something that i love to talk about just been riled up about it all summer long and up into the end of this year the deluxe album so let's not get ahead of ourselves Limbo is a deluxe album that I will say I took with a grain of salt because all things considered, it was a sophomore album by Amine. So let's give the guy, let's cut him some slack. He wasn't dropping a 25-track sophomore album with a 20-song deluxe, right? This is some fresh new content. Let's see what he has to offer. Jordan, what did you think? As someone who loves Limbo, so much to the point where I bought it on vinyl and hopefully it comes in in the next month or so, I was kind of hesitant to get more tracks for this album, but I think most of them are decent enough to work as a companion piece to the original album without degrading the quality of it. And I think it, it's hard to get meta right away. And we'll maybe we'll, we'll bring it back to Amine, but 
you know, this whole deluxe phenomenon that we've got this year, I do find with this album here and with next week, we're going to have Conway the Machines from King to a God have a deluxe as well. These guys waiting three, four, five months to drop a deluxe and it's only, you know, five, six songs. It kind of works as like an, an EP, really. I'm okay with that. It's it's a nice compromise from these mega instant deluxes that we've gotten from guys like Uzi and Nav and Lil Baby. Or I should say Dub Baby, not Lil Baby. Lil Baby's deluxe was only seven or eight tracks, I believe. But it's just it's a nice midway point, I think, where it's cool. They put out extra content in here. Ultimately, the deluxe of Limbo is still just over an hour, so it's really not that long. But it also doesn't completely crush the quality of what he created on Limbo, which was a phenomenal album. At a quick glance, these deluxe tracks don't necessarily feel like they flow with Limbo, though, in my opinion. I guess you could say they were in Limbo. Ah, okay, 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 that's a bad joke. Uh, the deluxe tracks are different, and if you're a stranger to the album, I would strongly suggest listening to Limbo before even adapting to the new songs. But if I could touch on a positive note here, I commend him for making the effort to drop a deluxe, especially knowing that it was his sophomore album that came up four months ago. It's really a valiant effort, and it just goes to show that the musical talent is there. He's trying to accomplish something. He's trying to follow the flow of what is popular these days, and it seems to be that, but in his own way. Yeah, absolutely. And then considering how this was released, right? Mm -hmm. No big rollout, no massive single release prior, not even a video. At least I don't think there's a video. I think it makes the deluxe work as like an extended or director's cut of the original album that was released, you know, four or five months ago at this point. So it's not, I don't think he's using it as like a marketing tool, the way that some of these artists definitely have, the way that I think Nov is probably the worst example of it. I think he waited two days after his album earlier this year came out to drop another album and calling it a deluxe. Like that was definitely a marketing scheme. Here, I feel like Amine just had these songs left over from that got cut from Limbo. And he was like, hey, whatever. I'm not touring this year. Let me at least put out a couple more tracks. Tack them on. It's only six, seven tracks, and it's about 20 plus minutes. Let me just throw it on. They're good enough. You know, you can see why some of these songs got cut and didn't make the Limbo album. But at the same time, like, they're good enough in the, the sonic texture of them. Feel like, oh, yeah, this it feels like it was made around them around the limbo era so in that sense it worked to again it's, it's just a deluxe it's it's not making the album better but i also don't think it hurts the overall quality or the memory that i have of limbo which was what i was a little bit worried about you see there are a few things that i noticed that i could deal with a little bit less of so a perfect example would be valley because we've spoke about him in the past with uh, i think it was meek mill and there's something about him i just can't take personally so maybe in time he will grow on me but for now this is a no and the over i wasn't overall too impressed either because i mentioned it before the songs don't necessarily follow the flow of the rest of limbo but that could also be on purpose and this song in particular just it didn't fit with me zach and cody is the one track out of the additional ones from the deluxe that just doesn't portray i think what amine is trying to rap about here yeah i honestly think tracks four through seven could have been on the original album and i wouldn't have made too much of a fuss of it but i do think the first three songs so mrs clean zach and cody like you mentioned and even gelato they're just a notch below it to where i was like ooh, this i mean it sounds a little bit more like early era amine like good for you amine would have made a song like mrs clean and who knows, this one might end up being his most popular song of the year. So what am I to say? But in terms of like 
you know, some of the songs for again, me personally, it didn't work. I do think songs like Talk and Chicken could have probably replaced honestly some of the weaker tracks from the original album. And who knows if he had done that, it might have been like a true contender for album of the year, maybe not so much a fringe contender the way it is, it seems to be for most people. And so, just maybe to talk on some of those better songs there, I'll start with Chicken. I would have liked a little bit more of honestly just a meaning on that song. I didn't really need a feature verse from Tussie, I think is his name. Hearing Amine talk about anxiety is not something that we've gotten a lot of in hip hop and definitely not a lot of from Amine, at least without mentioning, you know, self-medication. I feel like we were really getting to an interesting part in the song and maybe that's the wrong word to use. Maybe I shouldn't say interesting when Amine is talking about being, have, being having anxiety, but it's a new side of Amine that we definitely didn't hear on his previous albums and really not much on Limbo. And I would have liked more of it. So having that feature there by Tussie, and which again, it's a pretty rough verse. It's not very good. Borderline homophobic towards the end. So I thought like there are moments there like that song is great. I just maybe would have liked the second verse from Amine instead. And you are you were mentioning a few of the songs, I guess you should say four through seven that could have been on the original album. I actually, I guess, preferred Mrs. Clean. Point being is these songs, you're you're right, they do maybe fit an older profile of Amina back in the day, but I still feel like this could have fit because it it doesn't stray away from the path that he's taken. It doesn't stray away from the music he's done, and uh, along with like you had mentioned, Chicken Talk with Saba, and then uh, Buzzin and Solid. These are all songs that I could have seen on the album, and the original album was only 14 songs, so around 44 minutes of playtime. I mean, this would have been fitting also because on average, we're seeing a lot of albums in the high numbers and those albums are often followed up with, you know, these 22 song deluxes and at 19 songs, assuming that we had put some of the ones I'd named, excluding Zach and Cody, I think Limbo would have been acceptable too. I'm not complaining about the original length and I'm not complaining about the original songs. I'm just saying these tracks, even though they might've been cut they could have fit and in the end maybe this will be kind of like a, a lesson in where i mean it will be able to create these albums that are a little bit lengthier and give us more content more 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 of past present and future if you would say yeah and i think if anything what we can maybe try to learn or maybe not learn but maybe we can try to extract from songs like gelato and mrs clean is that it definitely seems like amine was trying to make a hit song for limbo but ultimately, a track like Gelato or Mrs. Clean weren't really that. So he leaned more towards tracks like Compensating and Riri and Shimmy, which I think ultimately are the right call because I think those are better songs. So Gelato, Mrs. Clean, like they're fine songs, but I don't, again, I think they're more of a good for you 2017 era Mine. So it would be interesting to actually to see like when were these songs made, considering how long it's been since 1.5. That's true. That maybe like a song like Mrs. Clean was made maybe like in 2018 and Compensating was made much re- more recently. But I definitely thought that was a surprising part of the album or just a part of like maybe understanding it of like, oh, he actually tried to make a few like crossover type tracks here and see like which ones worked and which ones didn't really work. So before we get out of here, I was actually really impressed with um, Saba on the, uh, with his performance on Talk. What did you think about this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was definitely... Again, I think along with Chicken, probably the two highlights of the deluxe. Saba's verse, it's way too short. Although it might be that thing like we talked about on the Andre 3000 verse a few weeks ago where the verse kind of just flies by quickly because of how effortlessly it sounds for him. 
isn't that so relatively speaking it, it feels like it's all like holy crap that was a really short verse from saba but then i'm like no no no, hold on he, he started rapping at like a minute 10 it was like a good full 16 bar verse i love this opening line where he says you know i witnessed death i'm still living i'm the perfect juxtaposition and then he goes to rhyme it with the word pippin so i I, d- I do think, you know, with Saba, we had two singles, I think in September, Mrs. Whoever, and the one with Denzel Curry. So hopefully, again, him too, you know, Care For Me is a really good album from 2018. There's no mistaking about that. But hopefully, again, 2021, at this point, 2021 is lining up to just be like a complete gauntlet of every single rapper who decided not to drop in 2020. So hoping for a Saba release in 2021, because the little bits of pieces that we've gotten from him on the fourth quarter here in 2020 has been very very good okay so before we get out of here as always we'll do our parting shots christian you can go first so today there was a leak for man on the moon three's release date track list and album art and all i'm gonna say is it's something that i think we're both really looking forward to and out of all the music that we've been getting this year and you know, the ups and downs, the, I guess you could say questionable rap or not necessarily just good rap. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised by this. We didn't get our Drake drop, which was something we were speculating for for a little bit, a little bit of time now. And so I think Man on the Moon 3 is going to take its place for the time being and just please deliver us something that is worthwhile. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Yeah, Cuddy's coming in here in the fourth quarter and saving everybody from music hell because everyone who was everyone that was supposed to drop in the fourth quarter said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to wait till 2021. From Drake to Kendrick Lamar to J. Cole to Joey Badass to Isaiah Rashad to Saba to Denzel Curry, like everyone's pushed back. Maybe not Denzel, but he just seems like he's mad all the time. So I feel bad for him. But Cuddy basically coming through me like, you know what? It's the middle of December. I'm a drop. Let's do it. It's just like, thank God, honestly. We have not had, I know the Megan the Stallion album came out a few weeks ago, but in terms of an album that like we all get like super excited for, I feel like we haven't gotten that since Benny the Butcher's Burden of Proof. And even that was bordering on two months ago. So, mm-hmm. and then so for my parting shot last week, Spotify's Wrapped came out and everyone did that thing where they share it. Like it's a badge of honor. So I just want to come out and say two things. One, first of all, thank you to all the people that had this podcast in their top tiers of their most listened to podcasts, which surprisingly, it was somehow third on my list. I I don't know. I thought I listened to my own podcast more, but anyways. And then number two, these lists always skewed towards artists that drop in the first quarter. Now, I have not released my Spotify wrapped yet on Twitter, but it favors two artists that released in January and March, which I don't think is totally indicative of how my year is gone, especially since we started this podcast. And then it favors another artist that had a massive song in April. So when I eventually do release it to the public, please don't judge it too hard. Just know that it, it, it's it's not evenly skewed. You know, I'm not going to have Benny the Butcher in my top five because he didn't drop till October. Now, if this started in July, I have no idea what it would have looked like. But that's just just me getting a little something off my chest there preemptively before everyone comes with the pitchforks for me when I uh, eventually drop it. All right, so that'll do it for today. If you like what you heard, please go on and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more great content. As we mentioned last week, we started putting out videos, and this past week, we put out a quick review of Lil Baby's Air Buddy, which I know Christian is just super psyched to hear. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel to make sure you don't miss out on our upcoming reviews. We're hoping to continue to upload more content like this as we continue to grow. 
You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Trinity Music Pod. Also, please continue spreading the word of the podcast during these holiday times. Until then, have a good one.